I'm Renee Coleman and we're going to start here. Labour for my daughter's birth I really was quite naive about looking back at it now. It's Tuesday evening and Mimi is 35 weeks pregnant with her second child. She's at home sitting on the couch reflecting on her first birth and what it was like having her partner's R&R aligned with her due date. I was lucky that my due date was around the time that my husband was going to be home. However, leading up to that, it's always really nerve-wracking not knowing whether they will be home or they won't be home, whether baby's going to come early or late. There's all those questions that you've got rolling around. Um, for myself, I was a few days overdue. More about Mimi's story later in the episode. Let's hear from Bromwyn, a Sunshine Coast doula a support person for those expecting. Yeah, cool. Okay, so a doula is a trained support person. So I have done my training to be a birth doula so I can support families throughout pregnancy, labour and birth. But I've also gone on to do some postpartum doula training as well. So that means that I can come in after the baby's born once you're at home um, and provide some emotional and physical support um, in those newborn days and weeks. Um, we don't, I'm not a medical um, provider, so I don't offer any medical advice. I don't do anything um, health um, outcome related. So I'm completely impartial. Um, I'm open. I provide support for families to make their own choices and their own decisions, um, both for their birth and postnatally. Um, I'm, I'm a facilitator, basically, of um, families to make their own choices and to find their own way in a safe, um, nurturing environment so that they, that they have that support to, to make those choices and not feel pressured or, or not have access to the information that they need to make the best choice for them. So um, I'm not here to push an agenda for anything, whether that be completely drug-free. Um, I support people who have caesareans. I support families that choose to bottle feed and not breastfeed. Or um, I'm there to help them get the support and the information that they need. So. Um, some other support services for, for families and women postnatally. Um, you know, there's independent lactation consultants that you can see if you are having some breastfeeding um, challenges in those early days, and that is really quite common. In, and even in subsequent babies, you know, each child is different. So you may have had a really awesome and easy time breastfeeding your first baby, but potentially your second or your third or fourth baby um, you might have challenges that you've never had before. So you may not have never ever needed to use those services. Um, um, friendship support groups around for, for mums to find their tribe, find their women friends that, that are on the same wavelength with them and being their sounding boards. And, um, that will help pick you up when you're having down days, which is always going to happen. You know, you can't have good without the bad and, and knowing that there's somebody there to help get you through those bad days um, makes them a whole lot easier to deal with, for sure. I know uh, both yourself and I, we've done a bit of work in the wedding space 
Mm-hmm. I guess with a birth, you are the equivalent of a maid of honor. You're someone there that's within the whole process. You're in the planning and you're there on the day to hold their hand and lift the dress when they need to go to the toilet and, and all those things. That's, that's what I'm picturing as, as a doula. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I can usually anticipate what they need before they know that they need it. Um, you know, there's a look on their face and you think, oh, they're so thirsty um, at different points during labour. You know, you start working really hard and, and sometimes you might need a little piece of banana because it's so good for energy levels. And, and you know, you just break a little piece off and you hold it in front of them and they will just take it if they want it. And if they don't, well, then they won't. And, yeah, sips of water and, and face washes just to cool down because as labour progresses, mum gets really hot because her temperature rises and everything's building up, getting ready for, for having babies. And, you know, I can usually anticipate what midwives are doing. So oftentimes I can do a few things that just sort of help midwives out so they don't need to leave. And, um, yeah, it's really, I'm just there 100% to make mum's job a whole lot easier. <laughs> So we've heard a little bit from Bronwyn about what's involved in being a doula. But I wanted to know a bit more information. How does someone just fall into the world of being a doula? I mean, giving birth is generally a very private event. I remember when it came to me having my first, I didn't even want my mum in the room. All I wanted was me and my husband and, of course, the staff. I was actually, and still am, a photographer and I was photographing maternity and newborn sessions and realised that the biggest part of their story was missing and that's the birth. So I started photographing births and the more births that I attended, the more I could see this need um, for support that so many women, they needed a drink or they needed... a a cool washer on their face or they they needed to have their back rubbed and for a lot of the times the partners didn't really know what to do and and midwives come and go it's not it's not really their job to offer that kind of support and then I photographed a home birth where they'd prepared with hypnobirthing and I was just blown away by the level of support that was there from the dad he just knew exactly what to do and it was really beautiful and from then on I just thought more people need to know about birth preparation and birth support and and so that more people can have these beautiful birth experiences that that they want to tell the whole world and and not have these horror stories and of how difficult it was and so yeah it was really after seeing what birth could be like for people that I just decided that I love it I just really have to be able to do this for for other women for them to have this experience and yeah it's pretty special. You mentioned there was a significant difference between the partner and their involvement. What do you think made the difference? Had the the father done it beforehand? Did he read up? What what do you think made the difference there? In this particular case, the the partner had done hypnobirthing um, course with his um, with the mum, 
and he just had more skills and some more confidence but also in particular in their circumstance they had a home birth where they had a known midwife so somebody that they already knew they had a beautiful relationship with them and that level of personal care um, was there so it was this beautiful blend of the, the dad feeling confident and knowing that um, he had some skills, but also the backup of knowing that there was somebody there that they knew, they knew what they wanted, and he was free to be able to support her the best way he was comfortable doing. So just that confidence that it brings really makes a huge difference. And that confidence... What do you think that meant and translated into him bonding better with the child and being the, the support for his partner? Uh, I think because he was so involved in the pregnancy birth preparation that he had quite a lot of time and, and emotional energy already invested. Um, and I know for a fact a lot of dads, a lot of partners, they come in feeling a little bit of scepticism and that it, it's a little bit too out there for them or, or the fact that they might have to talk about their feelings and um, it does scare them off a little bit initially. But once they actually see the difference that their involvement makes and that they really do have a really important job, they tend to go, okay, I'm going to learn some skills and some tools and, and they turn it around and not being... They're, I think they don't see it so much as their emotional support, but they feel they've got this toolbox of things that they can do. So now, you know, in that sort of male brain, they feel like they're, they've got solutions to this. So they, they kind of turn it around into how they comprehend and how they work best. Definitely. I think that's why they, they're so invested that it does definitely carry through into that early um, newborn phase because they're like I helped do this I helped bring this baby you know I was a part of it and and I want to continue to do that after this short break you're going to hear more from Mimi you're going to hear about the first trimester and all the milestones that go with that the pregnancy test telling your partner and meeting your child for the very first time pregnant how do you go telling your partner finding out we were pregnant um I was four weeks pregnant I knew before I took the pregnancy test because I just felt so awful that day and it was just that overwhelming feeling of yep this is morning sickness so it was strange that it was so soon but I knew so I got a pregnancy test and it confirmed that I was pregnant. Sean was away. So I didn't want to tell him while he was away. I wanted to tell him face to face. So I had to wait 
nearly two weeks for him to come home. So he found out when I was five and a half weeks pregnant that we were expecting. Pregnancy for everyone is different and we know that. And for some people, the reality hits when they see the ultrasound picture for the first time or maybe when they hear the audio of the thump, the thump, the thump, which is baby's heart beating. For others, it's feeling baby, that uncertainty, that butterfly feeling. When you actually start to feel another being living inside of you, but it was definitely baby. It's those little pops of air that you can feel inside your tummy. They were super infrequent though. Mimi details how exciting it is starting to feel those first movements of her second child as early as 13 weeks. Um, by the time I was 15, 16 weeks, those little flutters were definitely more frequent. From 20 weeks you could feel baby just by placing your hand on my tummy and by 23 weeks you, that was quite obvious and you could see those little kicks as well um, it's something that certainly freaks my husband out he does find it very strange and alien like so he doesn't like touching my belly when it moves or looking at it when it moves um, it's just a little bit too foreign for him so he just wants to bond with baby once baby's born It's pretty crazy to think at the seven week mark, this new little human being growing inside of you is about the size of a blueberry. And it's at this point you get to meet them for the first time. I remember booking a scan for seven weeks because I was feeling so sick and I'd had a few friends with twins. I wanted to see whether there was one baby or there was more than one baby. The very first ultrasound is a major milestone in the pregnancy, particular for both mum and dad. So what's it like living the FIFO lifestyle, being pregnant and wanting to make sure that dad's there for the journey as well? I scheduled my scans for when my husband would be home so that he could be involved in that process. Um, yeah, it's definitely exciting when you hear the heartbeat for the first time, a little bit nerve-wracking too. So for me, there was one baby, which I was pleased about. I made sure that for our gender scan that I scheduled that for when my husband was home as well because I thought that was something really important that we both needed to be part of rather than have that scheduled while he was at work. Bromwen, the Sunshine Coast doula that you heard from earlier in the episode, discusses and shares some very practical tips to help involve both parties in the planning phase. Without filling up their, their whole home time with appointments, you know, you could certainly prioritise some of the bigger things that you'd like to do together, um, especially some of those either big purchases or those big milestones that you're meeting, the, the ultrasounds or whatever, when you're actually getting to, to see baby growing. So perhaps scheduling them for, for home time, um, but also with our amazing online shopping too. You know, if you're looking at colours or, or furniture, potentially you could do some of the legwork um, individually 
it's another way for dad to be involved that he gets to do it from his end as well and maybe shortlist a few things and, and decide that when you're home and together, you can actually go and have a look at those things together. So some of that earlier planning legwork is done and then when they're home, you get to do the fun stuff together and not, I'm sure most dads or partners don't want to be dragged around a billion baby stores. You know, if you can narrow that down, you get to do all the fun stuff, but short and sharp. Get it no done. No more. Bronwyn and I talked pregnancy, parenting, and being separated by distance. She educated me more about the different resources available, not just for the mums, but also for dads. There's a lot of um, resources available for men as well. Um, in that childbirth space so that they don't have to feel like they've only got options to read about your baby will feel <laughs> you know the books that are just dedicated to women and a lot of men don't want to read those because they don't relate so there's actually a few books that I have in my library as well that um, my clients have access to that are specifically written for men and um, and birth partners um, one book in particular, um, Men Love Birth by Mark Harris. That's a really great book. Um, and also The Birth Partner by Penny Simpkin. They're written with the perspective of the birth partner. So they're a really great resource and, and something that um, dads could certainly um, be reading while they're away and not feel like they're reading, you know, what to expect when you're expecting or or, you know, books that talk about your baby will be doing this inside your belly and, and it's really hard for men to relate to those. So there are lots of resources available um, for dads. And then two weeks later, my husband came home and met his daughter. And that's what's coming up on the next episode of Juggling FIFO, where we're going to hear more from Bronwyn and we're going to hear some new pregnancy stories and one from Caroline, a previous guest, and she'll detail her labour and what it was like doing it alone. This episode was reported, edited and produced by Renee Coman. Please note some names and voices have been changed for privacy reasons.